When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meters out from the manly line, the uh, Warriors captain is tackled, and Todd Smith nearly loses his voice as he's yelling to the players. Here's their corner, straight to a hole. He's got pace to burn. Malata, he goes all the way, and the Warriors number 12 takes the dagger and sticks it into the hearts of the Sea Eagles. It's 26 points to 22 with seven and a half minutes to play. Get me. Good God, I think uh, Sammy Hewitt's got any voice left today uh, will be a minor miracle, but uh, it did go to show that there are no easy wins in the NRL, and uh, Warriors fans have had to learn that over recent weeks. Thankfully, their team has shown the grit and determination of a side fixated on a top-four finish, and the Warriors got one step closer to that with a hard-fought win against the Sea Eagles, yes, on Friday night. Talk about that game and recap the rest of the NRL action, of course, over Daniel Anderson round as uh, Andrew Voss, who comes into us regularly on a Monday after his very, very busy week, calling Rugby League and then, of course, his uh, breakfast show on SCN in Sydney. Vossie, good morning to you. Yeah, well put all there, Smithy, and uh, accounting for what the Warriors have achieved. Yeah, head still spinning after another weekend of so much sport and controversy and success and failure. I'll say this, it's nice to be right occasionally, isn't it? And we have been right about the Warriors. We we recognise that this wasn't a false dawn much earlier in the season, that they looked the real deal. They've proven that. But I reckon the biggest point is, I reckon the Warriors of recent seasons might have lost might have lost the last three weeks, and they're, but, they're, but winning has become a habit. And, and you know, they... They have been big in the championship minutes of games, and again it was, and that's a fantastic Neocore try, and even the even the Johnson field goal at the finish. You know, it's just you know, they might need that field goal in a in a finals match down the track, but it was so coolly done. You know, it was just beautifully executed, big plays, big moments, Warriors nailing them. And that is what I think um, the purists uh, and those people that really do understand the game, particularly at this stage of the season, will be getting out of this Warriors performance because winning from here on in, there's not going to be many blowout games. There's not going to be any real, uh, I, I think, you know, scores that are so one-sided. And when we get to play a football, we know it's on the day and we know it's tight. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. And And everything the Warriors have done... Um, and, and there are, you know, some years you go into finals matches and you can sort of recognise sides, well, they're going to go, you know, out in straight games. I mean, I had a question mark over Cronulla going into last year's final series. We'd all sort of mm. spoken about them saying, look, they've had a good season, but they've had an easier draw than other clubs. And you still had a question mark over them. And they got to the finals and conceded over 30 a game. I honestly declare hand on heart right now, I don't see that with the Warriors. I think, while I think Penrith 
are, are specials to win again. Like, I, I think Penrith are clearly the best side in the comp. I can't see the Warriors not performing in the final series and not playing to their best. Now, their best mightn't be good enough. So there's no disgrace in that. Like, Penrith are such a good side. But I'm not seeing the Warriors. I don't think they're going to embarrass themselves in this final series. I, I think they can go deep. I really do. Mm, okay. Well, uh, a lot of that will depend around about uh, the playmaking situation where uh, with the availability all of a sudden of uh, Temari Martin this week, that uh, makes that uh, situation for Andrew Webster in the 6-7 bracket just a little bit more interesting around Metcalf in particular. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Who would have thought that you're in that position where you can even, um, in this situation for the Warriors, even contemplate maybe resting players now that the results around them, you know, like... Top four looks assured, doesn't it? It's, it's just fantastic for them. But where do you want to be in the four? Do you want to be playing Penrith week one, or do you want to be in position two or three? I mean, not that you know, Penrith could drop a game and, and Broncos get minor premiership, but I'm thinking Penrith finished first, Broncos second. So if the Warriors finished third, their, their week one finals opponent would be the Brisbane Broncos. Um, so and and then Penrith on the other side of the uh, of the draw. So um, it's it's a great time. It's a great position, and it's thoroughly deserved that the Warriors have got to this position. They're not talking for once. Warriors fans listening right now, for crying out loud, when was the last season that we weren't talking about? You know, well, there's still a mathematical chance of making the finals, and that was all they had to cling to. You know, but this is finals assured. The Warriors are in the playoffs. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, look at venues then, uh, Voss. You know, is this determined uh, in our situation over here by the NRL itself, uh, where we'd play Eden Park or um, Mount Smart Stadium or Go Media Stadium now? Well, if well, if Go Media wasn't up to it, then the, the league would step in. But I don't, I don't think the league could come in heavy-handed and say, you must play at Eden Park. And while I have, from afar, I have a preference for playing at um, if Eden Park was so big that nah, it's not it's not a football ground, but the fact that we've been there before, I've witnessed good club games there, I've witnessed the Nines there, I've witnessed internationals there, I'm fine with it, but I'd rather really, it's almost like put to the vote. I mean, you guys um, have been through so much without football. Um, do you want to go with a venue that holds more or do you want to go to the spiritual home? And I really think, mm. I would like to think that the league would be big enough to let the stakeholders, the fans, have the say on this one. Yeah, you know, put it, Smithy, you've got the responsibility. You run the poll on your show, put it to the vote, and the fans yep. come back to you, and they let you know, and you in turn will call Peter Volandis and tell him, no, this is where we've won our final. And he's got a, a, bit, a much chance, I've got a much chance of him taking my call as flying to the moon, I'd imagine, um, because he's a very busy man, of course. <laughs> right, okay, here we go. Oh, no, he's like, Peter, it's Smithy. Who? Smithy. S-M-I. Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith on the line for you, Mr. Valendis. Yes. Okay, right, here we go. Seagulls. Okay, Warriors march on, Seagulls do not this year. Nah, Donsky. Um... Uh, failure or success or failure? Well, I didn't have an, I did not have them in my eight. Uh, they teased their fans with the preseason challenge, won a couple of games, decent start, lose Tom Trebojevic again. Tom's the really Tom's the is the main factor. You know, Tom Trebojevic on deck, Demanly win the other night, quite possibly. You know what I mean? He's that good. He's that 
he's that influential. And while, you know, it's not a one-player team because Daly Cherry Evans is outstanding. If they lost him, awful trouble. But Tom is, a, is such an X factor, such a loss. Manly will not be playing finals football anytime soon if Tom Trebojevic isn't fit. So they need to get him fit and playing a full season and they're back to being a contender. Right, OK. Um, Knights 29, Rabbitohs 10. Interesting result oh, for you. Well. Knights now, seven in a row. I was there yesterday. Um, it's one of the best grounds to be at when the crowd is, is jumping. They've got a full house again next Sunday. They play Cronulla. that's a remarkable turnaround on their season. Um, They're playing great football to watch. The crowd is into it. And South Sydney, on the other hand, look light years away from their best. Um, Haven't won back-to-back games in 14 weeks. How could any team be a contender with that sort of record? The ill-discipline of South Sydney, I thought at times, was embarrassing. Cody Walker hair-pulling. Latrell got sin-bin at the end. Tane Milne dropping knees. I mean, they're just... They're so far off the pace, the Rabbits, um, that, you know, they have the bye this week, so two points locked in. But I, I wouldn't be tipping them to beat the Roosters at this point in the last round. And if, if the result went that way, they could miss the finals altogether for a team that was leading the comp after 11 rounds. Mm. Sharks, back, I'm going back to the Thursday here, Sharks 32, Cowboys 12. Uh, I mean, I do have a little vested interest in the Sharks. Should I write that investment off or on the strength of that, do I live on a wee bit? Well, I'm happy for them that they've turned around. I, I thought um, before the last three rounds, they were gone. You know, I was, I've been calling it a game of snakes and ladders, and they're on a giant snake. But somehow they've uh, jumped off the snake and got back onto a ladder. And, um, you know, they're putting paid to other sides that, you know, uh, the Cowboys, that's just about done and dusted for them. You know, they were counting on winning at home. Um, Cronulla scoring 32 points against a fellow contender, led South Sydney 26-0. So these sides are in decline that they've beaten, but they've beaten them well. So, well done, Cronulla, to be back on the improve at this end of the season puts them in, you know, far better shape. Can they finish in the top four? Well, yes, they can. Mathematically, they can still finish in the top four. Um, But even if they don't, if they keep winning and take good form into the finals, who wants to play them? Probably not. You don't want to be playing them first week. No, you do not. Uh, what about uh, Benji first up, West Tigers? That was a bit of a um, tumultuous uh, week. Or did you see that coming, um, the West Tigers franchise? I did tip the Tigers, but that's because the Dolphins hit the wall. There wasn't any great confidence. You know, it's not like I'm not going to you know, shout it from the rooftops. I tip the Tigers. But um, as for the actual winning moment, I, I rate the Happy Coruscant goal. I'll put it in the top 10 moments of the year. Um, to-, to go from the sideline, not a regular kicker, 30 metres out from the sideline, hit the crossbar and go over. You know, like, Mm. isn't it written in the script that the Tigers would hit the crossbar and miss and lose by a point? To see them have that joyous moment, as I said, it's one of the best of the season. Um, The game itself, as far as the battle of the coaches, well, it won't... Look, Benji hasn't taken the reins fully, so it doesn't count. Like, it's not saying Benji is one and zero. He's been up in front row of the coach's box all year. Tim Sheens is still the coach. Benji made that point after the game. But the Tigers would be... They'd be it'd be a lot happier place, wouldn't it, today, to come off a win early their fourth of the season. That means that they haven't actually gone any worse than last year. They won only four games last year. They've now won four games this year, and there's still two rounds to go. Thoughts and prayers. Maybe they win another one. Right, uh, we're looking at um, three teams for the eighth um, spot, I think, at this point. Where do the Roosters sit for you now? Well, I think a big hope. 
Well, if the Roosters get past the Tigers uh, this Saturday, as I said, playing South Sydney last round, um, you know, the, the greatest rivalry we have in Australian Premiership history, two foundation clubs from 1908, I'm, I'd be backing the Roosters taking winning form into a match against the spluttering South Sydney. So I think the Roosters can, you know, this is like coming down the outside on Cup Day at Flemington. They, they, they can make their way into the finals. It, it, it really will be, the way it's set up, it could be the eliminator of all eliminators in round 27 with the Rabbitohs against the Roosters. So with the NRL and the, the Players Association, etc., being on slightly better terms, are you getting better access, or did you always have it? Uh, well, it, the journos will tell you that players were still speaking to journos, but just weren't, and when they wrote the articles, they weren't saying what day they did it. My players were still answering their phones. Um, but as for a broadcast point of view, which is the visual, uh, yes, it makes it far easier. It, it, and, you know, I like the fact that we can... Yeah, you know, this is the moment. The other day I called the Titans-Penrith game, and we were able to hear from Tom Weaver while being on the losing side just made his debut. And I like that. You're able to capture that moment, get his thoughts and hear from him straight away after the game. So that aspect is back. Um, so from a broadcaster's point of view, I think it's good, but the fans tell me they didn't miss game day interviews in the slightest. So I'm a bit um, I'm a bit confused on that. But I've always liked the fact to capture the moment, if there's a you know a, a golden point winning play, you hear from the person who, who, who came up with a big moment and that sort of thing in the moment. So, yeah, I can live without pre-match interviews or even the halftime walk-off, but... Post-match, I do like to hear from players, and we're back doing that. So the game is, um, is promoted to the fullest. Have you ever interviewed Eddie Jones? Have I interviewed Eddie? I have on radio, um, never face-to-face. I've never had to be stared down. Or you know, I think at a phone interview, they give you a little longer answers where you can, get, you can sometimes get very short face-to-face. And I've been in you know, Wayne Bennett situations and Ricky and all that sort of thing, yeah. Eddie Jones. So yeah, what did you make of, uh, I don't know if you saw of him, a, a snazzy uh, Cooper at the airport the other day as he left town. Did, yeah. did, did you see anything of that? Oh, under pressure. I mean, I, look, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. One, defending his players to the hilt and selections. And yes, we threw this out as a talkback topic. We do focus more on the players who have missed out rather than congratulate the players who have made it. We do that certainly around State of Origin time. So I understand where Eddie was coming from with that point. I think he went way over the top. I, I always say, you know, interview E, be the better man. You are not in argument with the interviewer. Your words, the interviewer, is the conduit for all the fans. So when Eddie Jones is speaking to camera or a microphone, he's not just talking to the person who's asking the questions. He's actually addressing all of the fans, the Wallabies fans, who want to hear words of hope and what have you. But that was just like a, a salty, a salty coach going toe-to-toe. Mm. Forever may we have characters in the game. Um, do I feel any more confident about the Wallabies at the World Cup? No, I don't. Um, you can't avoid the facts. They're 0-4. and four. Eddie's won one of his last 13 test matches now in charge of Australia. I think you'll find from his last hint to this one, I think that's right, um, that number. And that is a man under pressure. No question. Well, under pressure no longer are the Matildas, and they must have felt uh, quite a lot of it, a lot of thrills as well. But when you're playing at home with that kind of support base, uh, final wash-up on the FIFA Women's World Cup for you guys this morning? Uh, World Cup's been brilliant, an absolute juggernaut. Uh, and for the Matildas, and I'm, I'm sorry to use marketing jargon, but Matildas, the brand, have turned a corner that 
whenever they play now, people will want to go watch them play. Um, so, uh, yeah, even the Wallabies who haven't had a great winning record lately still get big crowds. The Matildas, I think now, um, you know, kids will say, Dad, oh, the Matildas are in town this week, can we go? And, and that wouldn't have happened pre the World Cup. Um, so it has put the Matildas on the map more so than even women's football, if you know what I mean. The brand, the name, the team. And that is, in some ways, that's the dilemma for Australian football, is that the Socceroos, uh, the, the domestic competition, is, is a mere shadow of the profile of the national team. So does it flow on? Like, will there be bigger crowds at women's football this domestic season? Probably not. It might not even be an extra one. Um, but that's for others to work out how they're going to market their product domestically. But no, just great for sport. Leave it out, women, men, whatever. It was just sport. It was just great sport and great theatre. Yeah. And it was fantastic to have it on our shore, both Australia and New Zealand. Certainly was. Absolutely fantastic, Bossy. Uh, great. Uh, thanks very much uh, for uh, joining us again uh, on this Monday morning to look back on a number of issues. Have a terrific week, sir. Keep riding that Warriors bus. There's room for more. Hop on. There's room Double-decker at the moment, boy. She's looking at a triple-header. Good on you, man. Thank you. Bye up. Vossi there uh, out of uh, Australia for us as he comes to uh, on the Monday mornings, and we're pretty damned happy about that too. Um, with a round-up on a lot of things, not just the NRL this morning. It is uh, coming up to 11.20.